Well, good morning. My name is Steve Hammes. For those of you who don't know me, and, um, the elder and a group leader, and I got a little something going on. So it's so weird to see so many people here at the same time, but it's awesome. So as we close out summer and we step into fall, um, we got some exciting things planned here at Shiloh for this fall season. And I was talking to Greg a little bit this morning, and I love to see how God works and just dovetails things together, because we're going to start a journey today in a new series called Dangerous Prayers. And this series is based on a book by the same title by a pastor named Craig Rochelle. And we're going to go through this of dangerous prayers, make me bold, search me, send me, break me, and we're going to take a deep dive into some of these prayers. And then we're going to follow this series up with another series that just builds right upon this one. And you're going to hear more about that, but we're going to culminate that on November 7th. So November 7th, mark your calendars. That's going to be a a Shiloh Faith in Action Day. Now, we haven't had a Faith in Action for a while, but if you've ever been to one here at Shiloh, what we do, we come to church, and instead of doing this, we go out there. We go out in the community, and we we do projects. We've done service projects, all kinds of really cool things, and then we come back here, and we have a, a lunch together. This one's going to be different. This one's going to be awesome. This one's going to be a game changer for Manchester for our community. And and I teased you, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. (laughs) So mark your calendars, November 7th. Come here, 930. We're going to go out for a little bit, then we're going to come back and we're going to have lunch. So why are we doing this series called Dangerous Prayers? You know, as we as elders have talked, and and you look around the world, and, and it's just, man, sometimes it's just messed up, isn't it? You read the news, and... I can only read the titles of the news anymore. I can't even read the articles because it just gets depressing. But the world needs prayer, and the world needs God like never before. And here we are, Christians. We need to be praying. And prayer moves the heart of God. But some prayers move the heart of God more than others. And those type of dangerous prayers that we're willing to pray will move you and me, too. And if you're ready to see God work in your life, praying safe doesn't cut it. Praying these dangerous prayers of make me bold, search me, break me, send me, those are the type of prayers that we need to be praying, being on our knees. On Friday, Bill Gibbons, who goes to church here, sent the elders a text, and it said this. It said, imagine what might happen if churches across the nation started to press into prayer in their homes, praying for one another in their schools and their workplaces and churches and government. What if we were all asking God to send another great awakening to our land? What if we were all to be praying for a revival? Wouldn't that be awesome? But it starts with being bold. So how many of you guys know somebody that is super bold in their faith? That you look at them and you go, wow, (laughs) I could never do that. And they're so bold and you just admire somebody who's so bold. I am not one of those people. So I admire people who are bold like that. And it's funny, if you were to pray that prayer, it may not seem like you. But sometimes I'll step back and I look at my prayer life, and I like step back and just kind of be a third party to how I pray. And sometimes I wonder if God sits there and goes, yeah, I've heard all this before. And you keep praying for the same thing. Yeah, I'll do it. Fine, 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 fine. I'll bless. I'm not saying that he does that. I just imagine him going, yeah, and not that it's boring, but those are my safe prayers, right? That's my inside-the-box prayers because I don't want to pray something uncomfortable because I don't like to be uncomfortable. So I pray safe prayers. 
But I've been reading in the book of Acts over the past couple of months and just diving in. And, and you know, when I read the Bible, I like to read it and picture that I'm there. I like to picture when I read like the Acts I, that I got sandals on. I'm walking with these guys and I got dirt on my feet and I got that toga thing, whatever they wore. on, And I imagine that I'm walking with the apostles and I'm, and I'm breathing and I wonder what their life is like. And, and so when I read it, that's what I do. I try to imagine these apostles, after they'd been with Jesus, what's their day like? Each day when they wake up, I try to perceive what's going around, you know, their life. You see, these guys had been with Jesus. They spent three years with him. He taught them. They ate with him. They drank with him. They, they did everything with him. And they saw him be persecuted. They saw him get murdered. They went to the tomb. They saw the tomb was empty. And then he appeared to them. They saw him in person after he'd risen from the dead. And they knew that what he had said was true. They were living in a time now, after he'd gone up to heaven, they didn't know what every day held. They didn't know when they woke up in the morning, is today the day we're going to be arrested? Is today the day we're going to be killed? Is today the day that we're going to have one person come to believe in Jesus or a thousand? We don't even know what's going to happen today. And every day was like that. Imagine your life being turned absolutely upside down. Imagine tomorrow morning you wake up, you take your shower and you're getting ready and all of a sudden Jesus appears right in your room. Wouldn't that blow you away? What if you're driving to work and all of a sudden he's sitting there right next to you and he goes, yo, I'm, I mean, he wouldn't say that, but I'm here. I'm here and, and look, touch me. I'm, I'm, I'm real. I'm real. And I want to tell you something. Everything that you read about in the book, it's true. It's true. Those who believe in me are going to go to heaven and those who don't believe me are not going to heaven. And by the way, I'm going to come back like really soon. Would that change your day just a little? Wouldn't it be nuts? Your day from that point forward, your perspective would be shifted so much. And the Bible says that for those of you who can't physically see him, you're blessed because you believe in spite of the fact that that doesn't happen to you. He's still just as real. But that's exactly what happened to the apostles. They're having their regular old fishing day. They meet Jesus, and he starts to do all these insane things. And their entire world was shifted upside down. I mean, they saw him persecuted. They saw him raised from the dead. And now their life is so different. Everything that used to bug them, the stupid little things, they don't matter anymore. Their perspective changed. Their attitude changed. Their behavior changed. Their vision and how they looked at things was through a whole different lens. So if you have your Bibles and you want to open up to Acts 4, I'm going to start in Acts 3, but we're going to have you read from Acts 4 in a minute. But in Acts 3, there's the story of Peter and John. They wake up, they shower, they're getting ready to go to the temple. They went to the temple every day to pray. And every day going by the temple, they passed this guy that was crippled. And then he would ask everybody on the way in for some money. That's just how he made his living. And on this particular day, Peter and John are walking, going to the temple, and they walk by the guy, and he says, spare change. You know, do you guys have any spare change? And Peter and John stop, and they look at him. And it says that Peter says to him, look at me. And the guy looks at him, and he says, silver or gold, I don't have it. <clears throat> but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he did. Amazing. And all the people are going, holy moly, did, look at that guy. And they all start coming around. How'd you do that? What, what's going on? How did you do that? 
And here Peter, he could have said, Yo, it's, it's all good. I'm, we're done. But he doesn't. He goes, look, it wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't me and John. We didn't do this. I want you guys to know something. It was through the power of Jesus Christ. That's how we did it. It wasn't me. And he goes on in verses 11 through 26 to just witness about Jesus. And then I want to pick it up in Acts 4. So you can join me here if you want to read. And it says, And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead because they didn't believe in that. And they arrested them and they put them in custody until the next day for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and people and elders, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men and they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I love this. I love that there's, there's these two little fishermen, and here they're blowing the minds of the most educated people, simple men, and they recognize that they've been with Jesus. And they not only told him that it was Jesus who healed the men, they said, by the way, it was you guys who murdered him. That's pretty bold, isn't it? I don't think if I was standing there knowing that these guys could throw me in jail for the rest of my life or they could kill me or do one, whatever order, I don't think I could be that bold. And, and not only did they say it, they accused him of murdering him. But even after the leaders had commanded them, don't do it again. Don't preach in this guy's name again. Peter didn't say, oh, okay, and just leave. He had to go on and... And he went on and it goes, it says, but Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. That's pretty bold. So let's look at it for a second. So here's Peter and John going to go to the temple. They go by this guy that they've seen every day. And for whatever reason, today, they stop. And I think that the disciples and the apostles were always, always tuned into God going, what do you want me to do? Where's my next opportunity? They were looking for opportunities all the time. And when Peter stops and looks at this guy, when I get to heaven, I want to ask him, in that minute, you had to step out into your faith. You had to do this and step out with all boldness because he had no idea if this was going to work or not. He's going to say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up. And he could have grabbed them and gone, oh, man, it didn't work. Bummer. 
He had no idea whether his faith, stepping out and being bold, but he did it anyway. And I think that hesitation that so many of us have when we're, we want to be bold, and that hesitation comes because we don't know what's going to happen. We're so used to always wanting to know before we make a move what's going to happen. Faith doesn't work that way. Faith doesn't work that way. In Hebrews 11, it says, Faith is confidence in what we hope for and insurance about what we do not see. It says, This is what the ancient people were commended for. That's you and me, too. Being sure of what we don't see in our faith. And then a crowd starts to form. And Peter knows this is dangerous. In those days, you get a crowd of people coming around to teaching, that's going to attract attention from the authorities, that's going to attract the attention of the police. And he could have said, look, as we healed him, it's all good. Let's go. And walked off. But he didn't. He stepped another step out in his faith. And he goes, I got these people here. I'm just going to preach. And he starts talking. That's bold. I think a lot of us would go, no attention, no attention. I did a good thing. It's good. But he doesn't. He keeps going on. And of course they get arrested. And of course they get to spend the night in jail. And when they're standing in the middle of all those important guys the next day, they could have said... Look, I don't know how it happened. We spent time with Jesus. He gave me the ability to do this. We did it. It's all good. You know, are we good here? But he doesn't. He goes on to preach to them about Jesus, and he tells them what their role in, in, in bringing, you know, Jesus to death. But he gives God the glory in everything. And there's so many stories in the Bible, as I sit there and think of people that were bold. I think of Stephen preaching to people, and they start to throw stones at him. And he's preaching, and he's got rocks and stones hitting him. And they stone him to death the whole time he's preaching to them, giving God glory. I think of Moses being told to go back all the way to Egypt and lead a whole group of people out into the desert, into the promised land. He's like, look, I I don't want to go back there. But he does, and he steps into it. I think of David killing Goliath. That's impossible. He didn't know if it was going to work. He's got three stones and a slingshot. (laughs) Sure hope this works. But he goes out and steps into his faith, not knowing what's going to happen. I think of Esther trying to save her people, marrying a king, having to go in and plead for her people. I think of Daniel. They signed a law saying, if anybody in this area worships anybody but the king, we're going to put you to death. And Daniel's saying, look, i got to step out into my faith and be bold. I'm going to kneel three times a day and continue to worship God. It's amazing. So what's the secret? What's the secret to being bold? You know, I've tried to be bold and step out, and it's gone nowhere. It's had no powers. It's been embarrassing. And I look and I go, man. But this dangerous little prayer, make me bold, has a key. It has a key that unlocks the power of the prayer. And if you're going to be a powerhouse for God, you need this key. If you're going to discover God's plan and his purpose for your life, which he has, there's a destiny for every person in this room. He already has a plan, but you need this key to unlock it. So what is it? Let's take a look. If you go to Acts 4, verse 8, it says this. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. After they were scolded, they went back home, and they went into the room where everybody was sitting and all the apostles, and they said, you guys, this is what happened to us. They told them the whole story, what happened. And then Peter says, I want to pray, and he starts to pray, and he says this in verse 29. And now, Lord, 
Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word, your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Last week's message that Greg gave, Pastor Greg gave was critical because that's the secret. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the power to be bold. It's not you. It's not you. And if you missed that message, go back and listen to it because it's foundational. It's the key that unlocks the power to our boldness. It took me a while to figure this out that it wasn't me. I became a Christian and I'm supposed to be bold and I would try and it just, ugh, just didn't work and it was awkward and whatnot. And it took a while for me to realize it wasn't about me and it wasn't my role to have all the answers. I just had to be obedient and step out and trust God. I was thinking back to a time about seven years ago, we went to, on a missionary trip to Haiti. We took the youth group, and we went over there, and you fly into Port-au-Prince. You take a boat over to this island called Laganov. You take a two-hour tr- horrendous truck ride up to this village, and there's an orphanage. And I was comfortable doing the things that we went there to do. We went to put power and run electricity and bring generators. I was comfortable doing all that. I was comfortable working alongside the Haitian people. But they went to church every night. They had a service. And these people can worship. You're alongside them and you just feel like, holy moly, because they have a daily dependence on God and their faith is so real. And they just hoot and holler and dance and it's just nuts. It's crazy. And when they give the message, they're like, amen and all over the place. And Greg gave the message the first night, and then the next morning we're at breakfast, and Pastor Samuel, this big Haitian guy, looks at me and he goes, you preach tonight. And I'm, me? He's like, yeah. And Greg's smiling, he's like, yeah, you. And I'm like, no, no, I don't, I have no clue what to say to these people. These people, in my mind, were like these giants in faith. I don't want to preach to them, I had no idea what to do, and I stressed out all day long. And so the service comes that night, and uh, <laughs> I'm such a dork. I'm thinking, what do I preach to these people about? So I had this story I wanted to tell them. So we have a translator, and I started to tell him a story about a man in an airplane. He's driving his, flying his airplane, and he can hear a rat chewing on his wire controlling the rudder. But he can't reach the rat. So he gets this idea that he's going to fly higher and higher and higher until the oxygen depletes and the rat dies. Right, And I'm trying to make this analogy that the closer you get to God, the enemy will die. That's, that's what I was shooting for. And I'm telling them the whole story about the rudder. And I look out and I realize they have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> They've never been in an airplane. They have no idea what, what the oxygen thing is about. Blank stares. And I panicked. It's like, what am I doing, God? And I think God has a sense of humor because I think he sat up there and he went, that was good. That was funny. That was really funny. You, you sure tried. And I, and, and I just felt God say, just tell them about me. So I, I told him what I was trying to say, just saying, you know, look, when we're in a situation, when life has its struggles, when life has its problems, the closer that we get to God, the enemy loses his breath. And they're going, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. But it wasn't about me. You see, I, I had thought I had to have all the answers. I thought I needed to give them some story. I just needed to share 
gospel. And the old saying that courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is stepping forward in the middle of fear. And that's what God asks us to do. And sometimes it's just the little small things that we need to step out and be bold and trust God. We don't need to be the people that are out there changing the world with boldness. Sometimes it's little steps. Karen and I were talking about this and she was reminding me of a story. We had a lady that kept calling and wanting an appointment to sell, I think a Schwann meat, food, right? And we kept telling, we don't have any money. And she wanted to come, so Karen finally said, fine, come over. I don't have any money, but come over and do your presentation. And so she was clearing the counter, and she had her Bible out because she'd had her devotional that morning. And God said, leave your Bible on the counter. Just that little nudge. So she said, okay. She left her Bible, put it to the side, left it there. And the other meeting, and we still didn't have any money. And the lady's at the end, and she's all, I see that you have a Bible on the counter. Are, are you a Christian? And Karen said, yeah. And they got to talking, and the lady was going through some issues and needed some resources, and Karen plugged her into the resources. Karen got her into a church. But that was the boldness to step into that. I was doing breakfast with a guy that used to go to church here, Derek Trudell. Breakfast. And the first time that he did this, we, we were getting our food, and he told the waitress, he said, hey, look, my friend and I are going to say, ask for a blessing over our food. Is there something that we can pray for you for? And I'm like, holy cow, wow, I, I never even thought of that. And I was thinking, what's she going to think? Derek didn't care. But you know what? The gal said, actually, there is. I, I'm, I'm having an issue with finances. I'm going through a divorce. And I have the money for rent. And my car has an issue. It opened up a door. And we just stepped through it. it we didn't have to have the answers. You see, God has a plan for you. And God has a destiny for you. And boldness means that we don't shrink back from what he's calling you to. And I've had some moments that I have stepped into that with the Holy Spirit. And it's been amazing. The blessings that come from it, from just stepping out into obedience. Awesome opportunities. But you're not going to find out what your destiny in your life is by playing it safe. Following Jesus was never meant to be easy. But it's also not your responsibility with what people do with what you share. And that's the thing. We can step out in boldness, but I'm not responsible for closing the deal. I'm not responsible for what they do with it. I just have to step out in my faith every day. And I love Moses. This guy stepped out in faith, and he was leading the people. And he would come to God, and he would say, God, I'm so frustrated with these people. They're so stubborn. And he would just complain and he would tell God really how he felt that he was struggling with. And it's like, man, they're stupid. They do this and they do that. And then he would just lay it all out on God's feet. And then he would go back. And I love that real relationship because God gets it. It's like, yeah, I know. But I equipped you to go out. I equipped you to be bold. I equipped you to lead these people. You see, when we start stepping out of boldness, we have to leave the details and the what-ifs behind What's the worst that can happen? They kill you? Cool. You get to go to heaven. (laughs) Seriously, I mean, what's the worst that can happen to us? I love in Acts chapter 5, if you keep reading, Peter and the other apostles, they keep going on teaching and they get arrested again. And they're in jail and an angel comes and sets them free. And the angel didn't just set them free and go, go, get out, get out. Nope, the angel set him free. And then he says to them this. He says, 
Go, stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. Are you kidding me? We just got arrested for doing exactly that. And you want us to go right back out and do it again? Yes. So they do. They go back out and they get arrested again. And then the Sadducees bring them all back in front of them and say, what are you doing? We told you not to do this. And then the truth comes out. There's a guy named Gamaliel. And Gamaliel stands up in front of all the rulers and he says this. Remember, guys, when this guy came and he thought he was a prophet and he's gone. Remember, this guy came and he's gone. And he reminded them of all these people that have come and gone. And then he says this to them. So in this present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. That's so true. If God is for us, who can be against us? That's the same thing with us, you guys. As you step out, man will try to attack you. Man will try to push you down. Man will try to stuff you. But if it's of God, it's not going to fail. If it's of God and your boldness is from God, it's not going to fail. The Holy Spirit will always, always meet you there. You know, I envision the Holy Spirit as this gentleman. And every day, you're out in the world and he opens up the door and he says, I got an opportunity for us. And when you step out, he comes alongside you and you do it together. The power of the Holy Spirit flows through you. But he'll open that door for us. And a lot of times we come to that door and go, nope. And we step back in and he just closes the door. But he'll open it again. And there will be an opportunity every day for you to step through that door. And he will join you. He will always, always meet you there. So here's the thing. What do you do with that? What do we do with that? Can we pray that prayer, Lord, make me bold? Are you willing to pray that prayer? Are you willing to trust God and the purposes that he has for you and the plan that he has for you? Are you willing to step out and leave the what-ifs behind and the fears behind? Or do you want to stay in the safe zone and miss out on all that blessing? So as we close today, I just I want to ask you this. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, I want to pray for you today that you do it. So Holy Spirit, if you believe in Jesus Christ, he's inside you. But when you ask Jesus to unlock the power of the Holy Spirit, that's your boldness. That's your power in your walk. So I want to pray for you today if that's you and you say, I want that. I don't want to miss what God has for me. I want to be bold. I want to get what he's planned for me. I want to live it out. We only live once. We only go through this. We don't get a second shot. You're going to stand back and look at the opportunities that he had for you. I'd rather find out what they are. (laughs) And I'd rather walk in that and be bold. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, yeah, but that's not really me. Start small. Step out tomorrow, that first door that you'll get that inkling. The Holy Spirit will be the one. He'll tell you when he's got the door open, and you'll feel it. You're going to feel that nudge. Maybe I should say this, or maybe I should say something to that person. You'll get that nudge. That's the Holy Spirit nudging you. You just have to step into it and leave all the what-ifs behind. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters here today, Lord. I thank you for just being here with us. And as we start this series of dangerous prayers, God, you know, we're going to ask you, make us bold. 
We're going to ask you to break us. We're going to ask you to send us. While these are dangerous prayers, they're exciting prayers because they draw us closer to you. So Holy Spirit, as as we reach out and, and we step out, some of us are going to be really timid. The first time that we do this, this week even, as we have an opportunity, one way or the other, when we step out in boldness and you have that door open, just assure us that you're there with us. Give us the words to speak, Lord. When we step out and we're, we're just scared, just tell us what to say because you tell us you'll do that. Help us to leave the what if behind and not worry about the circumstances because that's from the devil. We just want to bring people to you, Lord. We know the time is short. We know that as we look around the world and we just see it going downhill, we're the light. We're the thing that people would look at and say, you know what, there's a peace there. Amongst all this, you have a peace. Where do I get that? And we want to share that. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would embolden each one of us to be bold. And each step we take, we get stronger. We get better at it. But we want to live out what you've already said in advance for us to do. All those appointments, all those people that we're supposed to share with, Lord, we want to stand in heaven with them at our side because we're willing to be bold. So use us, God, this week as we go through our work, as we go through our retirement or at the gym or at the restaurant, wherever we are, just use us. But help us to be on the lookout for the opportunities and to just be asking for guidance and direction and boldness, Lord. We thank you for that. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you promise you'll always be there. You'll never leave us. So for those of you who sit here this morning and say, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I pray for you this morning. I pray that you would be willing to just step out, to be bold. Be bold. Ask God to be with you. I pray that you would ask the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and and just come alive in your faith. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that we could be here this morning. And may this week be a different week in your kingdom because we stepped out. And in your holy name we pray. Amen. So if you'd like to have some prayer and you want to just know more about that, come up front. We'll be up here. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, have an awesome, awesome day. Take care.